0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. A couple of days before I recorded this talk with you all, I had a two-hour medical procedure called blue U It's to get rid of skin cancer and precancerous cells. The medical provider took about 10 minutes to apply an application all over my face and my ears that immediately started burning. It was painful. That stayed on my face for two hours, continually burning, sort of like being in the hot sun with no sunscreen and no shade, no hat, for a couple of hours. It was really unpleasant, but it was tolerable. Then, after two hours, I sat with a U-shaped enclosure around my head that had eight super high-intensity fluorescent light bulbs baking my face for 17 minutes. I'd been warned, but the pain was way more intense than anything I'd ever felt except for foot and leg cramps. I have those. They're excruciating, but, you know, you can get up out of bed and jump around a little bit and get them to go away, but not this. The first 10 minutes were almost unbearable. I I was in torment. Not everybody keeps going. Some patients have to stop and discontinue the treatment. Then, even after it ends, after 17 minutes, it still hurts. Like having a really, really, really bad sunburn. You have to take pain medicine every four hours for a few days. Treat it with a special cream that you keep refrigerated and apply ice packs. That's just for the first two days. And then you have to wear this nice hat they give you, even if you go out just to get the mail. You avoid sunlight, if at all possible. Even hot water while taking a shower hurts. And you can't see it because I don't have my lights on today that I usually do for recording. But my face just looks awful. It's peeling all over and there are little things bubbling up and all of that kind of stuff. Now, while I'm not asking for sympathy for this at all, That's got a great point with it. While I was in the most painful part of the treatment, between the nurse asking me every couple of minutes if I was okay, I prayed not to ask God to take away the pain, but to show me what he wanted me to know in the midst of the pain. Want to know what he said? He said, Paul, this is only lasting for 17 minutes. I know it's almost intolerable. I want you to know, Paul, I would never ever do this or anything like this or anything worse to any of my children to punish them let alone for all eternity. And the Lord said to me, Paul, this procedure has a purpose. It's restorative. It's not punitive. It's burning away the diseased places in your skin and making your skin whole again. Yeah, it's painful for a little while, but then it will all be whole again. And God said to me, that's like the process that people go through, as did the older brother in Luke chapter 15, when they resist believing that God is perfect love, perfect goodness, perfect grace. It's painful. It hurts. It seems like hell. But Papa said to me, but I'm with them, and I'm burning away all the impurities. And eventually they will be made whole again after they have, quote, passed through the fire, quote, Now, that's a metaphor. 1 Corinthians 3.15, the Lord brought this verse to my mind, where Paul says, If any person's work is burned up under the test, he will suffer the loss of it all, though he himself will be saved, but only as one who has passed through fire. All right. How does that apply to forgiveness, which is what we've been talking about in this series? Well, I think that one of the main reasons that we sometimes don't want to forgive someone else is because we just don't think they deserve it. <laughs> we think they deserve to be punished, even tortured. And we're going to do our part by torturing them by our unforgiveness, withholding forgiveness, withholding affection. Some of us have been taught the lie that those people deserve to burn, to suffer eternal conscience torment in hell. We've been taught that lie. And that's a result of mankind creating God in our own image. We think that God, like us, believes that certain people should be punished, even tortured by unforgiveness, even tortured forever, burned alive forever, because they don't believe the same way we do, didn't say the prayer like we did, weren't included in God's elect like we are hadn't given up the fun things to be good church-going Christians like we've given them up. Well, that mindset has a name, hell. The older brother in Luke 15 was in the hell of his own making because he didn't think his brother deserved unconditional perfect love and grace. He didn't think he deserved forgiveness, didn't deserve restoration, didn't deserve inclusion into the family. He was angry. He was heated up. He was distraught. Because he judged the father as being too good, letting his brother off. He disowned him. He wouldn't even call him his brother. He thought the father deserved to punish the boy by keeping him out of the family because he thought the boy deserved punishment because the boy didn't do the good things the older brother did and didn't forsake having a good time to stay home and work on the farm. He was in hell, hell of his own making, because he didn't think his brother deserved forgiveness and because, now this is extremely important, get this, he judged the father, God, as not deserving his, the older boy's forgiveness. He judged and condemned the father, God, because he thought the father was too lenient with his brother who'd been sowing wild oats and then came home. Sometimes we just don't want God to forgive certain people or certain types of people because we don't think they deserve it. Sometimes we recreate God in our own image and we say, well, God won't forgive those people because we don't want to forgive them. Then we see God actually forgiving and accepting and welcoming and including those people. And we can get mad like the older brother, God, through Jesus, made it absolutely clear that God is perfect love, so perfect that he forgave everything in advance with us and with everyone. He wants us to live like we are forgiven, live like there's no issue whatsoever between us and God regarding forgiveness. Many of us have been taught, unfortunately, to fear God especially to be afraid of what God can do to us, eternal conscious torment, burning us painfully, excruciatingly painful forever. Now, remember, we've learned that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We've learned that that's not true. That's an incorrect translation of those passages in Proverbs. It should read, complete awe and adoration of God is the beginning of wisdom. Now, look at this from Psalm 139, 14, what King David wrote. He said, I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Well, what does that mean, fearfully made? I could never figure that out. So you know what? I just didn't think about it. But here's what the Hebrew word there. Instead of fearfully It can also be translated to cause astonishment and awe, to be held in awe, to inspire reverence or awe, or it can be translated fearfully. Now, what kind of mindset is a person going to have that's going to cause them to translate it one way or the other, either as cause astonishment and awe or fear, they can choose that because it can mean either one. What's going to cause a translator to choose that? Well, seeing God as perfect love as opposed to seeing God as someone or something to be feared. Remember what John wrote in 1 John four sixteen to 19. He said, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love that God has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. We don't have to worry about the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives away the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not received love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. So when a person's translating the original text of the Bible, in this case in Psalm 139:14, the Hebrew, the Hebrew word can be translated as fearfully made or mysteriously complex. Now that translator, what's going to Cause them to choose one or another is whether or not they know and believe that God is perfect love. If they know that truth and believe that truth, they're going to translate it like this, like Brian Simmons does in the Passion Translation. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. Now, I hope you can absolutely know and live with no fear whatsoever of God. Don't even think about yourself being fearfully made. That's not the right translation of the word. God wants us to live with no fear, and he does not want us to cause other people to fear us. That's our application today as we continue to talk about forgiveness. He doesn't ever want us to cause somebody else to fear us, by wondering if we've forgiven them or not, if we like them or not, if we're okay with them today or not, if we're going to hold it over their head or bring it up again that they've done something bad before, if we're going to walk on eggshells. No, he wants us to forgive others as he forgave us. Well, how did he do that? Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 32. Here's the amplified version. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely. Just as God in Christ also forgave you. Here's how Gene Peterson translates it in the message. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ has forgiven you. The mirror says it this way. Be inspired by kindness and compassion. Your forgiving one another when you might feel irritated and frustrated demonstrates the way God graciously treated us in Christ. So as we look at those different translations, how did God forgive us? Quickly, thoroughly, readily, freely, graciously, perfectly. Now, how can we forgive others in the same way? Well, we can't. You know that. Only Christ in us can. That's why he says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. We can't do it personally. Only Christ in us can do it with the power of God, the same power that spoke everything into existence, the same power that holds everything together, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that raised all of us from the dead with Jesus, Colossians 2.11, Paul says this, you are empowered in the dynamic of God's strength. His mind is made up about you. He enables you to be strong in endurance and steadfastness with joy. Peter writes this in 2 Peter 1.3, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. All this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him, who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. God has given us His power. His power is in us. His power is in every single cell and molecule and atom of you right now, just waiting to be used, waiting to come out as perfect love and forgiveness. So we just partner with him in doing that. Here are some of the ways. Here are some things that people have posted on Facebook. My friend Mike Zinker in Canada did this great series of teaching on forgiveness that I'm drawing from, as well as drawing from other people in my own experience. Here are some things. He asked people to give what their definition of forgiveness was, and then he used them in this message. Some of these people I know, some I don't. Some of them you may know. A fellow by the name of Danny Prada says, forgiveness is no longer allowing what someone did to you to continue hurting you. Isn't that good? Peter Hyatt, the great pastor of the church in Denver, says, I think forgiveness is literally life in the kingdom. It's constantly losing your life and finding it. It's bleeding, The life is in the blood. We are truly one body. When a body part refuses to bleed or give life so it can receive more life, it's dead, even if it looks alive for a few minutes. When only one person forgives, it looks like a man nailed to a cross. When two forgive, it looks like a good marriage. When all forgive, it looks like a happy dancing body, a great banquet or the kingdom of God. And he closes by saying, in that place, forgiveness no longer hurts, but it is, in fact, ecstasy. Forgiveness can be ecstasy when we both give it and receive it. Paul Young says this, forgiveness is not about forgetting. It's about letting go of another person's throat. Forgiveness does not create a relationship. Unless people speak the truth about what they have done and change their mind and behavior, a relationship of trust is not possible. When you forgive someone, you certainly release them from judgment. But without true change, no real relationship can be established. Forgiveness in no way requires that you trust the one you forgive. But should they finally confess and repent? change their mind, agree with God, you will discover a miracle in your own heart that allows you to reach out and begin to build between you a bridge of reconciliation. He says, forgiveness does not excuse anything. You may have to declare your forgiveness a hundred times in the first day and the second day, but the third day will be less and each day after until one day you will realize that you have forgiven completely. And then one day you will pray for his wholeness. And that's the situation with my face right now. Each day, it hurts a little bit less and a little bit less and looks a little bit better. One day, it will be completely well and whole. And that's the way forgiveness is with us and other people. A lady named Judy Bergman says this, I learned that forgiveness is a choice and doesn't depend on my feelings. It's also a process that involves acknowledging the rage giving up acts and words of revenge, letting God take care of justice issues, and accepting responsibility for my own part in the relationship breakdown. It's not based on another person's actions or performance, nor is it the same as reconciling or ignoring repeated offenses. She says, I've come to see that forgiveness starts with asking Jesus to show you how much you're loved and forgiven. Jesus told the Pharisees that he who has forgiven little loves little. It's an inside job, she says. It's the mystery of Christ in you, loving you and living in his love. That's what makes it possible to truly forgive others. You know that he forgives them in the same way that you've been forgiven. Brad Jerzak, Canadian author, says this. I usually say forgiveness is not saying it's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. No. Forgiveness is taking your offender to the cross of Christ and leaving them, releasing them with Christ in his care to his judgment, which is always perfect. George Saris says, forgiveness is bearing in your own self the pain the other person deserves without lashing back. And finally, my friend Steve McVeigh says, forgiveness is releasing the other person of anything and everything you think they may owe you as a result of what they did to you, and never bringing it up to them or anyone else ever. I hope these things are helpful to you all. They've certainly been helpful to me. Forgiveness is not easy. Humanly speaking, it's not even possible. But knowing that God is perfect love, knowing that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live in us, knowing that their divine power flows through us continually, knowing that their power enables us to do all things, that we can do all things through Christ, literally enables us to forgive others as God the Father in Christ forgave us. Hope this is helpful, everybody. See y'all next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you,